Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. I am so thankful that my wife, Sue, Sue, would you please just stand up? Isn't she pretty? So, I, I know you're, you're probably thinking, uh, how did this guy get such a pretty girl? It's just a blessing of the Lord. But uh, we have just, this is like a dream for us to be here. Of course, uh, Sue and I, we had our families uh, in, in Italy with the Caminettis, and uh, we have been so blessed by Tony and Patsy. They facilita- facilitated us being with them uh, in ministry, serving in, in uh, a Bible school in Rome. And uh, so we've got to do some life together, and, and we're just so thankful for you and, and our church uh, family in uh, Wisconsin that we pastored for 17 years. We, we were a part of their ministry, and so we were just thankful that we finally get to be in Australia. We love this nation. What a beautiful place. Uh, we came in, we were in Sydney, and uh, got to visit with some friends and go to church in, in Sydney, and then we went to Tasmania, or like you guys say, Tassie, Right? And uh, we got to uh, climb, do some hiking. I went swimming in uh, the Hourglass, is it our, no, 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 Wineglass Bay, Wineglass Bay. And all the water was so cold. We made friends with some wallabies. And, and uh, so just everything an American would want to do, we have been able to do. We've, we've had some uh, great meat on the barbie. And... So, Bobby, Howard, you would say that. But um, we're so thankful for um, the, the great report that Patsy has and, and uh, thankful for just the comfort we have knowing that we can put our trust, our confidence in the blood of Jesus. Amen. And uh, we're thankful for what God is doing here in this nation. Um, Believe that God's got a tremendous plan for this church and for you as the body of Christ in this place. I believe that what God wants to do here, he wants to touch the nations. Amen. Not because it's a unique call, but it's what Jesus has called us to as a church. Amen. If we're a believer, then we all share the great commission. Amen. We all need to be obedient to the words of Jesus. He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That doesn't mean that everybody goes, but some people will sin, some people will pray, others will get to go. But we're all called to participate. Amen? And uh, so uh, we pastored, as as, uh, Tony said, we pastored for 17 years in Wisconsin. We planted a church. Wisconsin is a state in, in the United States. And uh, then just two years ago, we transitioned, and my, our parents uh, are in their 80s. And uh, he, my dad, who had retired from uh, pastoring a church as well some 30 years ago, he started doing missions work. And that's kind of 
kind of similar to what we're doing. We're just kind of following in there in his steps. And, and uh, now we're come alongside them and we're, we're taking the ministry that they have done and uh, we're, we're continuing on with it. And uh, we're expanding it. We're, we're seeing some awesome things take place. I want to tell you something. God is moving in the earth like never before. And on Resurrection Sunday, we celebrate the fact that resurrection life is available for anyone who believes. Even those who have never even heard of Jesus. Can you imagine what it would be like if you lived in a place where there was no Bible, there was no church, there, you don't even know a believer. Somebody who would call themselves a Christian, you haven't even heard of a Christian. Yet there is about a third of our population in the world today has never even heard of Jesus Christ. These are people that Jesus died for. And on this Resurrection Sunday, I think it's good that we're talking about why he came. Amen? To bring resurrection life. I'm thankful that I heard the good news. How about you? And everybody deserves to hear the good news. Amen. So, you know, uh, several years ago, <clears throat> it was about, actually it was about 25 years ago, they came out with, you guys might be familiar with this, but Operation World, they began to track people groups. And they discovered that there were about 16,000 people groups in the world today out of 7 billion people 7.3 billion people in the world today. There's about 16,000 people groups. About 25 years ago, there were about 14,000 unreached people groups. Do you know how many there are today? There's, that's been cut in half. Now there is 6,700 unreached people groups. Just in 25 years' time, it's gone from 14,000 to 6,700. Do you know what? Jesus is coming back, amen? Because he said this, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all nations as a witness among all people groups, all nations, throughout the whole world, and then the end shall come. We're so thankful for the progress that we've made, but then there's still some barriers that stand between us and those who have still have not heard. But the church is being mobilized, made more aware of this. Churches like this church who, who are praying churches, things are coming together as the body of Christ are working together and coordinating and cooperating with each other. And the Holy Spirit is moving and we're seeing a tremendous harvest. Some of the places in the world that we're seeing the greatest harvest are places that have been the most closed. Do you know that the fastest growing church right now in the world is not in the United States. It's not in, it's not in Australia, even though it's growing fast here. Do you know where the fastest growing church is now? It's in Iran. House churches. It's very different. It doesn't look like our Western church. They don't have the freedom to, to have a facility like this, but it's growing, and it's rapidly growing. Amen? And, and these precious former Muslim believers, 
They read the word and they do it. It's rapid discipleship. Amen. And so <clears throat> Sue and I get to do this. And uh, we're, we're so privileged. We feel honored to be a part. You say, how you feeling? How you doing? I feel privileged. I feel privileged to be a part of God's plan in the earth. Amen. I'm thankful that uh, we can help inspire the church. We have a tag, a vision, and that is this. It's to empower the church to take the gospel where it has never gone before. Making the great commission become the great completion. Amen. And so we, we are seeing this. We go to Nepal. We've gone, last year we went to Turkey, which is, happens to be the least evangelized nation in the world today. But God is doing things. We're, we're able to gather pastors together in Albania. We've been to Armenia. All of this has taken place within the last couple of years. And we're seeing pastors being mobilized in, in Nepal specifically. My dad has had a heart for Nepal 40 years ago, he went to Nepal when there were very few Christians. And now we're seeing just such church growth there. There still remains over 200 unreached people groups. So there's a lot to do. But you know what? It's not the, it's not the foreign missionaries that are going to do it. It's going to be the Nepali church that's mobilized. It's going to do this. It's going to go and, and be responsible responsive to the Great Commission. They're going to do their part. Amen. So we get to help them. Last year, i just tell you a quick testimony. Uh, last year, Sue and I got to go to an eastern part of Nepal. And uh, we, we, we were able to get with about 130 um, pastors and leaders. And uh, we, we trained them in church planting strategies and mobilizing their church to become uh, their churches to become missions-minded churches, or you could say uh, they have a, a, a missions culture in their church. And we'd say, well, ah, duh. But you know what? It's not so obvious. Sometimes, uh, you know, our work in mission, in mission fields and stuff have produced uh, a fruit that hasn't really been accurate to following the words of Jesus. And some of these places that we've been able to go into, they never thought of themselves as missionaries. They never thought of themselves as ambassadors. But we're saying, no, you're, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to raise up missionaries and send them. And so they're responding to this. We were, with these 130 pastors and leaders, they were able to raise up about 30 evangelists who went to five targeted unreached people groups. And out of those five unreached people groups, they were able to plant six churches. And in two months' time, they had seen over 200 people born again among these unreached people groups. Amen? So, praise God. What's exciting is being able to take people with us. And I would just say this. God's stirring your heart to join us. Uh, we would love to have you be a part. Um, we would love to have you be a part of the training process uh, of training nationals, indigenous pastors who are going to 
see their, their, uh, their work self-supportive, self-multiplying, and indigenous. And uh, if that's stirring in you, uh, then just pray about it. Maybe, maybe you could join us on, on uh, some of our projects that we're, we're doing. Amen. I want to read, um, first of all, just from Matthew 28. It's Resurrection Sunday. And I'm, I don't have my glasses. I'm going to try to read this. Somebody got some readers? <laughs> In the Sabbath, at the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the others, other Mary, to see the sepulcher. And before there was a great earthquake, thank you. Oh, yeah. Okay. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment like white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that, that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. Love this. He is risen, as he said. He declared what he was going to do. He declared that he was going to be buried but on the third day, he would rise again. What does the resurrection mean to us? Well, I like to go to the words of Jesus uh, in the story of Lazarus. When Lazarus died and Martha comes, hears about Jesus coming, and of course, she's, she's disappointed in Jesus. She said, if, if you could have come earlier, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Jesus tries to comfort her. He says, you know what? He's going he's to rise up again. And she goes, yeah, I know he's going to be resurrected on that day. But then Jesus said this phrase, and this is a powerful phrase, one that we can really take with us, not only on this Resurrection Sunday, but how many of you know that for the believer, every day is Resurrection Day, amen? It's timeless. This is what he said to Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. These words are really the foundation of our relationship with God. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Father, thank you for this. Thank you for this day in which in Christendom around the world, people are remembering. But Father, I pray that there would be a greater revelation of the words of Jesus, I am the resurrection. Father, I pray that you would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we would know what is the hope of our calling and what is the riches of your glory in the inheritance of the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power 
which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you that in this time, we will have a greater understanding. Give us utterance to not only hear, but to apply this truth in our life today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Millions of people have heard the good news, have heard these words, this revelation of Jesus, I am the resurrection and the life. They believed on it. I'd like to examine this just a little bit more. Jesus, he used the word dead. And what it does is it describes a position of man in the earth. His position away from God, dead. Death is having no life. Would you agree? When something's dead, there's, there's no life. It's so final. No hope of life. I, how simplistic this is to us, but... Jesus, if we understand how hopeless it is without him, we understand why he came and why his words to us, I am the resurrection. Though he were dead, he can now have life. Powerful words in this small phrase. For you and I to understand Jesus' message we need to understand that there's two kinds of death. There's one physical. And we understand physical death because it's all around us. It's here in our, our life. All we have to do is turn on the news. Some, many of us have experienced death close to us, people that we know. But we also know this, <clears throat> that there is life. And life is so much more than just our body functioning. We had a, a lady in our, our church uh, in Wisconsin that she had, she had um, passed away. But the doctors were able to get her body going again. So her heart was beating, but she was gone. Physical death, you know, is... is so much what we just see on the outside. But life from God is more than just giving life to a physical body. We have been created to have the very life and the very the presence of God in us. We have been created in the image and the likeness of God. Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well that God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So man without their human spirit is like a glove without a hand in it. You pick up a glove and it looks like a hand, but there's no life in, in it unless you stick your hand into that glove. And you think, well, the glove's alive now. No, it's because of the life of your hand that's in that glove. And so, 
There is physical death, but then there is spiritual death. And Jesus wants you and I to understand that this kind of death is not observed with our physical senses. Appearances can be misleading because it's the condition of the human spirit that cannot be seen. This is the deal is that everybody faces this kind of death that's in the world today. Everybody's born into this world has this condition. This is the reason Jesus came to suffer, to die on the cross, to be buried, and to be raised again. When I worked, I worked at a Bible school, how many of you remember the audio cassettes? <laughs> Some people are like, what are you talking about? We, I worked in a tape duplicating, audio tape duplicating department. And we had thousands of tapes that would go through there. And, and so we would put a master tape into the master slot, and then we would put all these duplicates in all these machines, and we hit the button. And then, you know, you would hear it wind up, and, and the message that was on the master got duplicated into all of the, the other tapes that were being recorded on. And so every now and then we would get a call in, and somebody said, man, there's a problem with my tape. Can you send me a new one? We'd say, well, hold on a second. got to check the master. So we would go and check the master, and they, we'd say, well, what's wrong with your tape? And they said, well, you get about here, about six, seven minutes into this tape, and then all of a sudden you'd hear this, oobity doop. And I'd say, well, let's check this out. So we go to the master, and there would be times we'd come to that master, and we would come to that very spot, and we'd hear that oobity doop. Oop doop, doobity doop. And we would go back to them and say, listen, the problem is not with your tape, it's with the master. Which means that because there was a problem with the master, everything that was duplicated from that tape had that same oobity-doop. And we need to understand that that oobity-doop is what happened when Adam and Eve fell. When Adam sinned, you know what he did? He gave humanity a oobity doop, right? Romans 5.17 says, For by the sin of one man, death passed upon all men. By the obedience of one man, life can pass on to all men as well. So what we see is that <clears throat> this condition of spiritual death has passed on to everybody that has come through into humanity, into this earth. So it has, we've all experienced this. And you know what's interesting? When you travel around the world, you find that people, they know that they've got an oobity doop. And they've created religion and created self-help things and, and ways of living to try to take care of that oobity doop. Right? And so you go to Hind into India and they put manure in their hair because of that oobity doop. Or they'll throw a baby into the Ganges River because of that oobity doop. It's a little more masked when you come to Australia. It might be church form and tradition. It could be some other religion that people are trying to embrace. 
But there is a universal problem. It's called spiritual death. And so, let's pull up that first slide if you have that. Everybody faces death in the world. That is why Jesus came to suffer and die on the cross, to be buried and to be raised again. Let's look at the next slide. Spiritual death is a human is a human spirit that is not alive to God. If you want to just give it a definition, it's a person who is not connected to God. They don't have spiritual life. And this is the condition. Scriptures talk about spiritual death. When God warned Adam of eating of the fruit of the tree, he says, in that day that you eat, you will, be, you will die. We know that Adam continued to live on, but spiritually he was cut off. He experienced spiritual death. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3 says, And you has he quickened who was dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also you have your conversation in time past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. He said, through Jesus Christ, you were once dead, but now you've been quickened. Your condition has changed. Jesus, when he talked about the prodigal son, he said, this son that left the father's house, he was dead. But when he came back, he was alive again. When he left, he was lost. But when he came back, he was found. Interesting that he used the word dead. Colossians 2.13 says, And you, being dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, being dead is when you're trying to do it in your own ability, not in God's life and grace. In this condition, man is lost. Now, in this condition of death, Get this, Satan has authority. Satan, who wants to, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy, he has authority in this realm of death. And it is in this realm that Jesus came in and he spoke the words, I am the resurrection and I am the life. When we come together like this, we're not just talking about an event that has taken place 2,000 years ago. Well, we're talking about the resurrection, Jesus Christ. Amen? Thank God he did that 2,000 years ago, but he still is the resurrection. Amen? Point three here on the slide. Resurrection means to bring the dead back to life. Jesus didn't say that I'm the one who would be resurrected. Resurrected, He says, I am the resurrection. You know, there's people who've come back to life. There's been people who've been resuscitated. In fact, Jesus brought people back from the dead, didn't he? They'd slipped out of their bodies. 
We know of people, even in, I know of people who, who were dead. And the doctors were able to bring life back to them. But Jesus, is he just referring to a physical resurrection? He said this when he's addressing, though he were dead, he shall live. He is talking about that spiritual condition of man. Amen? Point four here. Bringing the dead back to life defines Jesus' life and ministry. If you're going to talk about Jesus, it's all about the resurrection. Amen? There's people who believe on Jesus, but they just believe that he was a historical figure. They believed he lived on the earth, that he was a prophet. They believed that he moved in the power of God, that he performed miracles. They believed, you know, in his philosophy and that, you know, if you do the words of Jesus, they'll, they'll, it'll improve your life. But you know what? It's not just enough about believing in historical facts about Jesus. You need to believe that he is the resurrection. How many of you believe he is the resurrection? Amen. It's when you believe in the resurrection that things change. It's when you believe in the resurrection that the life the grace of God comes in and does a transformation, changes the condition of your spirit and makes you alive unto God. Amen? Thank God there is just the simple gospel. And it doesn't matter who you are in the world if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Amen? Believing in Jesus is believing in the resurrection. Point number five. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He was our substitute. In Colossians 1.18 it says, And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 says, Even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ, by grace you're saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So point six is believing that Jesus is your resurrection brings you out of death and into life. I think we need to say this together as the church. I believe in the resurrection. Would you say that? I believe in the resurrection. What a powerful thing to say on this day. Let's say it again. I believe in the resurrection. Jesus said this, even though he is path, he was dead, he shall live. This is the last point here, if you're, if you're with me on this. I might have got ahead of you. 
But point seven says the believer is called to live and to share that resurrected life of Jesus. How is this resurrection going to go throughout the whole world to go to the unreached peoples? That resurrection needs to flow through the believer. Amen? How will they go unless, how, how will people know about Jesus unless they're told? Amen? We're called to share this life. There was a, a guy that we met just this last trip to Nepal. His name is Nabin. He's a pastor in the eastern part of Nepal. And uh, he was telling me how he got saved. His older brother was demon-possessed. And this guy would go crazy. He would start running through their village. He would take his clothes off. They would have to run after him and try to tackle him. And, and uh, they would, you know, try to control him. And he would just throw them off and, and just run through wild through the village. One of the times that he... Um, his brother got away from him. He started running, and he ran across the border of India. They live real close to the border. He ran across the border. There were um, about 30 guys there that were truck drivers that had their trucks parked right on the border. This guy comes running. His brother goes running by these guys, and they called out. And for those guys to help, all those truck drivers ran down to try to catch this guy, and they couldn't hold him down. It was a supernatural strength this guy had. He was demon-possessed. And so, Nabin told me, he said, we went to Muslims. We went to witch, uh, witch doctors. We went to the Buddhists. We went to the Hindus. And they tried to, to sacrifice, and they tried to do all kinds of things to get this guy free from these demons. And then he finally found out that there was a small little church. It's illegal to be a Christian at that time, but they found this little church, and this church was meeting uh, in a house. There was a pastor there, and so Nabhan, he's a Hindu, but he wanted his, his brother to be free, and so you know what he did? He took his brother, and they went, and they met that pastor, and this demon started to manifest, and this pastor, small little Nepali guy, stood up, and he said, in the name of Jesus. And when he spoke the name of Jesus, that demon-possessed man just went right down on his back and stayed there for 24 hours, did not get up. But when he got up, he was completely free. Amen. What is that? That's resurrection power. And, that, uh, and a little Nepali pastor has more power in the resurrection because of the life that he has received from Christ over any demonic power, any, over any spirit of darkness that's in the earth. Power that 30 men could not hold down, he could do it just in one utterance of the name of Jesus. Amen? This is what we're called to do. Listen, we're called to a life that... If that, that wonderful scripture, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, if it dwells in you, will quicken your mortal body. Men, there is an inward power, resurrection power 
Not just so you, get up, you can get up in the morning and go and work and, and, and live your life and get old and get the Australian dream, whatever that is. I know the American dream, but I know you do have one. It's, not, it's a kingdom purpose of pushing back the darkness. Jesus said, for this reason is the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. The resurrection lives on through you and through me. The power of the resurrection continues through those who will believe. Amen. Do you believe today? There is a resurrected life, a risen life that you're called to live. I want to ask you this. Are you living that life? There's a lot of believers who don't live that life. Their, their heart isn't set on things above. Their affection is not on things above. Their master is still something that is situated or connected with the world. We have a new master now. A risen life means that Jesus is now your master. Amen? Let's live a risen life. Let's live in the power of the risen life. Amen? Let's be victorious. Let's don't be mamsy-pamsy believers, always whipped in a victim. That's not why Jesus died. He died so that you could be seated with him in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power. Amen? He's had, he, you are seated with him in heavenly places. The power of, of Easter, of the resurrection, is that you're seated with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Amen? So, I want to just give you an opportunity at this time. You might be here and you go, you know what, I, it's my first time to this church. I, maybe, maybe you have been here, but you've never really made a decision. I'm going to believe that Jesus died, was buried, and was raised again for me so that I could have that resurrection power. If you're here today, and you would say, I want to make Jesus my Lord and my Savior. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I have been dead. I want to receive that life. If you're here today, if I just want to look, and you know, this, is a, this would be the, so wonderful for you to make this decision on this day. Amen? You don't want to put it off. Today is the day for salvation. You don't... Tomorrow is never guaranteed. Don't wait. Everybody together with one voice, would you just pray this prayer? Father in heaven, I believe in you. I believe in the power that you took in raising Jesus from the dead. I believe that I need this power. I believe that I need this life. 
without you I'm dead. But with you I have life. I believe in Jesus. I call him my Lord. I call him my Savior. I believe that by faith now, my condition of death has passed away. And now I'm alive unto you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.